재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Welcome back to Koreascape. Most of us first come to know cartoons as kids, but as we mature, we also can see that they're a great medium to make commentaries on difficult topics like war or politics or the economy. And in today's People in Seoul, we're joined by a Seoul-based American cartoonist who does just that. His name is Gregory Pence, and he's had his work published in various things like the Korea Times, Daily NK, And he self-publishes, as so many artists artists do. After years of studying American nationalism and American national identity, as well as Korean national identity, he has been honing his skills in political and social satire in the form of his cartoons. He's with us now. Hey, Gregory. Hey, Kurt. How are you doing? Good to see you. Good to see you. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. The nomenclature, uh, cartoonist is is an okay term. It's not derogatory or dismissive, right? I I embrace it fully. You embrace it. I don't know whether to say artist, illustrator, graphic guy, you know. Uh, Artist uh, is a little bit lofty. Yep. In a sense, uh, my wife, my beautiful wife, Sojung, I love you, Sojung, she works with uh, <laughs> Korean contemporary artists uh, who do work that is uh, very compelling. Yeah. Uh, I consider myself a cartoonist. Good. And the cartoons, uh, lest you have a pre, you know, a stereotype about cartoons, these are quite rich in terms of visual detail. These are not uh, bubble figures. They're, um, you know, your site is... Uh, your website is my website is soundstagecomics.com soundstagecomics.com if you want to have a peek while you're listening soundstagecomics.com uh, they're almost like paintings they're uh, they're rich in visual detail and color and uh, a lot of emotion a lot of well i'm mean, thank you for saying that and i'm i'm really happy that uh, you feel that emotion is uh, invoked um hmm. i you know Grew up uh, reading Superman comic books. Mm. Um, in fact, that was my kind of introduction to reading. Sure. Uh, I was uh, raised in a, in a sleepy town in Illinois. And, uh, you know, learning for me was difficult initially. So, um, you know, comic books and cartoons were an easy medium for me to kind of understand, yeah. get around. Uh, and I think my style borrows a lot from, like, Superman comic books. Superman comic books. Superman comic books, X-Men. You yeah. know, what's popular now in movies? What's popular for me? Total sidebar, Gregory. Have you heard of this documentary about the the autistic um, young man who he spent years and years isolated, and it was Disney cartoons that got him talking to his really? parents? Yeah, I can't remember the name of the documentary, but it's out there now. It's kind of like a new release. Extraordinary. Uh, all he would do is use images from Disney movies and cartoons to express his emotions yeah. to his his parents, and when they realized that, they they sort of unlocked him using cartoons. So I, I totally understand when you say that uh, comics were sort of um, a leg up in terms of learning and grasping ideas. Uh, incredibly powerful way to yeah. kind of get the process rolling in terms of you know uh, learning and, and learning to love learning. 
Mm. Right, which is I think something that we have to carry with us into adulthood. Yeah. Right? Well, the reason we uh, you know chose this particular time to bring you in is because you're releasing a, a new graphic novel. Is it being published in with Dead Trees, or is it just going out in digital form? Well, right now I, I like to do digital, but I do also want to be able to hold mm. uh, this comic book uh, in, in print form. Um, I think that's uh, very important. Mm-hmm. I self-published a graphic novel uh, back when I was at Dartmouth College. Yeah. And uh, that experience was incredibly transformative. It was uh, powerful. It, um, it stayed with me. Mm-hmm. And it, it played a really important role in terms of uh, my present-day work here in Korea. So um, I would like to publish. Yeah. So that's in the works. But that's for now, it's online. That's online. It's called, what is it called? The Soundstage. Latest? It's called Soundstage. Soundstage. Yeah. So Soundstage is the website as well as sort of your studio, as it were. Yeah. And then this particular eponymous episode is called Soundstage. Mm-hmm. It's autobiographical, right? It's based on my experiences here in yeah. Korea uh, since 2009. Mm. And... You know, I, I love this country. Uh, I love this people. Uh, I've, you know, it's been gracious to me. It's mm. been, a, it's been a great host, and now it's, it's actually family. So uh, I want this book that I create to um, be compelling for American readers and and maybe be insightful for uh, Korean readers. Yeah, you know? it's. Uh, I, I had the chance to read it uh, last night, and it, it's a distinctly Gregory Pence looking character. <laughs> Walking with a beautiful woman who I take to be your wife uh, and seeing sights around Seoul and going through this whole sort of uh, emotional interrogation about issues of trust and so forth. And at the same time, kind of taking in the sights of Seoul. So anybody who's an expat or has spent some time in Korea is going to find it interesting. Again, that's at SoundstageComics.com. SoundstageComics.com. We'll have more material available in the uh, the weeks and months ahead so you know just connect with us there yeah. check out the cartoons that are already available mm. see what you like see what you don't like contact me I, I I welcome your comments yeah so there's quite a prolific body of work over there you've been over the years um doing what I would call editorial cartoons basically okay. right? right is that fair yeah it's not in the usual idiom of uh, zingy punchlines it's more <laughs> like uh, sort of tableaus right of current emotion um and it, it, it's interesting you one of your first areas of study as i understand it was american national identity right that's a big concept to unpack it is and it's relevant to the here and now i mean certainly i don't know how you felt in november uh were you surprised in november by how things turned out yes and no i feel i was disappointed mm. uh, i'm concerned uh i'm not surprised i think that um you know since 9-11 we've seen these this polarization kind of take place mm-hmm. in american society i think there's a lot of um hurt yeah and i think a lot of people feel left behind and i think what happened in november is kind of a reckoning yeah you know uh, i i found myself uh, amazed and i never realized uh, how polarized at a basic fundamental level u.s self-identity is right uh, it's unbelievable right and i, I almost want to use words like uh, torn at the fabric level and something is really going on that i did not perceive perhaps because i've been in my own media bubble all these years like so many other people your drawings capture a lot of this stuff you're, you're kind of um Semi-harsh on President Trump, I think we can say. Uh, Caustic, maybe, but, you know, I I don't want to 
condemn the man. Yeah. And I don't want to judge the man either. I think I want to step away from that. I think I do want to focus on issues and focus on uh, some of what he's done. Mm. Um, that is concerning, but you know, it's not my place to judge him as a person. I think. How would we describe your style? You know, some of your previous uh, Trump images, things like that, have almost verged on the semi-grotesque. You know, almost like a job of the hut kind of figure. Right. How, in a nutshell, how would we, in artistic terms, describe your style? It's is it? Uh, it's very colorful. It's, it's very colorful. rich in detail. I. You know, this is interesting. I first was introduced to anime and manga when I was at St. Paul School. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had the wonderful opportunity uh, to attend there for two years. And um, this is my first uh, real introduction to um, art study. They have a wonderful art center at St. Paul's. And when I wasn't studying, I was in the art center just drawing. And it was a wonderful escape from just all the work I was doing at the time. Um, it was also my first introduction to uh, Asian culture, yeah. actually. Um, my dormitory, Kittredge. Love you, Mr. and Mrs. Clooney. Uh, it, you know, we had students who were from Japan and Korea, and uh, I grew up again in a rather, relatively sleepy Midwest town. Sure. There's not a lot of diversity, and uh, I had one student in particular who would spend his, you know, his free time uh, watching anime. And I, my initial response was to to kind of laugh and to to kind of joke about these uh, about this art form, which it, it is. It's, you know, anime is an art form. Highly stylized. Highly stylized. And it just touches on really deep content, really deep, uh, a reservoir of emotion. And, um, I was sucked in. Yeah. And I think that my graphic style, uh, it doesn't in any way, shape or form come close to, uh, uh resembling the great manga artists. Um, but it, I think it aspires to kind of incorporate some of those aspects, mm-hmm. some of those symbols, some of those um, uh, icons. Yeah. Uh, and I, I guess it's like you could say neo-manga maybe, yeah. right? Well, in this graphic novel, you've got this incredible grasp, I think, of the grammar of uh, graphic novels. In other words, uh, the, the pacing and the sort of wide shot, medium close, wide shot, medium close, uh, poignant moment. Right. Turn the page to the next chapter, kind of feel and pace. I want to get back to sort of uh, the engaged artist. In other words, th- this role of commenting and right. at times satirizing. This interests me so much because, I don't know, maybe even a year ago, I used to have this almost blind faith in the power <laughs> of the satirist. Yeah. Now I've seen it in three different contexts, North Korea, South Korea, and the United States. Right. And I'm more confused than ever. Okay. Trump, for example, the more he's been satirized over the past year, the more he inflates, it seems. Right. He's, he's Teflon. Mm. He's immune to satire. Is satire obsolete when it comes to Trump, do you think? No, not at all. Okay. Uh, I think actually it's more important than ever. And I think it's uh, more important than ever in a way that uh, was unexpected. I think we live in a, in a digital age where we're more connected um, and, you know, we do have these memes that go viral. And I think some of it is funny. Some of it is uh, grotesque. Um, but I think what's interesting for me is to look at the reactions that are invoked by these particular cartoons or memes and, and to see how people respond to them. And I think, um, you know, the responses that I see, while they may be knee-jerk, 
and again, we should we should never judge people based on things that they say uh, impulsively. I think mm-hmm. we need to be a little bit more understanding. And this is again a highly politicized environment that we're living in. And people say things that they may not mean. I say things that I, you know, I, I may not mean that sometimes. So I think we need to be a little bit it's more. It's easy comp- to get worked up. It's easy. It really is. And you want to be compassionate. And I think you want to. You want. And so now I think seeing the responses to these cartoons. Um, and hearing some of the stories that people will post, right, uh, whether they support Trump or, the, you know, they don't support him, why they support him, why they don't support him, um, you know, it, it, that I think is compelling. Mm. And I, I, we didn't have that before. We didn't have that immediate response from the reader and viewer. And I think in some ways uh, that can be a source of hope, right? I think there's there may be a role for illustrated satire, the kind of editorial cartoon work that you do in in the dialogue, in maybe reestablishing some kind of discourse fabric. Right. Uh, because a thoughtful image can provoke 30 minutes of conversation or right. so. Um, whereas a careless meme is easy to kind of dismiss. Right. And say, ah, they're just haters or there's the liberal elite, right. whatever. But if you make it a thoughtful image, right. um, it can really spark something. Whole different ball game over here in South Korea. Right where the the past year or so of candlelight protest images specifically the satire kind of stuff the drawings you've dabbled a little bit in that i i have i studied korean protest culture and uh, korean propaganda in the past and you know what we're seeing today uh, is it's beautiful i think in in many uh in respects seeing people uh congregate peacefully and um kind of uh, be very participatory mm-hmm. and seeing young people old people uh, together, uh, being active in their own democracy's future. I think that's, you know, I respect Korea a lot for um, what we've seen the past couple of weeks. And I, I admire that, that level of um, collectivity, I guess is the word to yeah. use. I think, it, you know, it's a double-edged sword, right? Collectivism. It can, it can certainly be a, a source of strength and a source of um, uh, solidarity. Groupthink. Groupthink. It can be groupthink. It can be groupthink. It can cut the other way. Yeah. And then, you know, we run the risk of you know, uh, a huge collective not wanting to, you know, account for its own um, miseries and, and failings, as you see in North Korea to some extent. Yeah, where, of course. Right? So it's a, it's a tragic situation. But I think so exciting right now uh, is seeing the younger generation of Koreans becoming more active in their politics. Are there, uh, you can relate it to the Chase and Shield stuff or the candle protests if you like, but I'm wondering if there are any recent images of South Korea, sort of one off images that you've done that are like your favorite, like where you said, bang, I hit it right on the target. What's leaping into my mind is a recent image of yours that uh, I think it's Chase and Chill protecting Park Geun-hye from like a falling automobile or right, something like that. Right. The, so there was a cartoon that I came up with. Uh, my wife, we sit down for you know conversation during breakfast before she has to work. And she's a great person to pitch ideas off of. And mm. she doesn't like many of them, but we came up with one. That was of a you know Chase and Sill driving a car with Park and Hay, uh, the Queen of Elections, kind of uh, waving to her fans, and then the uh, that was the first caption, and in the second caption, this car has been overturned, mm. and it's a it's a kind of a play on the idea of the ship of state, yeah. right, being you know upended, and uh, just money billowing in the air, you know, uh, from out of the cockpit of uh, Chase and Sill's uh, driver's seat. So, you know, that image that's the kind of tone. I want to hit. Mm-hmm. I don't. Some of the content out there is is it, it's hard and it's it's brutal and and it's funny. Uh, but I I don't 
I, that's not my, that's not yeah. Greg. And so I want to, I think this image, I think it represents my take, an yeah. expat take on what was presently happening. It's a frozen moment in time. It kind of depicts uh, the president's sort of blissful unawareness of what's yeah. going down. Right. While, you know, a moment later, it's all going to hit the car and the money and all that stuff's going to hit. It is, you know, and I, I think, uh, but at the same time, that there's levity to the cartoon. And I think there's an understanding that, you know, there is life after this cartoon. Yeah. And I, I want to be able to portray some of the political scenes we're seeing today um, as not apocalyptic, mm. not the end. This, you know, I think that the language and the discourse surrounding our current politics is so extreme. Mm-hmm. And I, I think being a little bit more moderate and a little bit more even-handed is, is called for. Yeah. Right? The cartoonist as moderator, not as <laughs> agitator or provocateur. That's a yeah. different kind of take. We're going to enjoy our last few minutes with Gregory Pence. First, let's just take a quick little jingle break. Gregory Pence is with us. He is a cartoonist. He's got a pretty prolific body of work over there at soundstagecomics.com. Uh, you've worn a couple, I've known you for years, Gregory, and uh, you've had a couple of hats. You've been very active in uh, North Korean human rights stuff, and you brought your art to bear on a lot of that. Right. Did you just kind of stumble into that, or what brought you there? You know, I used to think I stumbled into it a little bit. Um, I think now it was it was providence mm. to some degree. Uh, I, I, I you know North Korean human rights. Uh, I, I did. I was working professionally in that field for maybe two to three years, mm. and the artwork that I was uh, able to do for Daily K, uh, that experience um, was really it was, a, it was a profound one. Yeah. Um, I had a wonderful editor in Chris Green at the yeah. time. He was the manager of international affairs there. Spent a lot of time um, working on me with my cartoons. Uh, paying real attention to, you know, helping me develop as an artist. Uh, so, you know, I wanted that artwork to kind of borrow from what I learned about, you know, North Korean uh, propaganda and also protest art, uh, South Korean protest art, you know, the, the Minjung movement. And, um, you know, try to capture some of the issues in a way that was unique and, and maybe uh, moving for some reason. And you worked with uh, North Korean new arrivals over there, uh, defectors and so forth. One of the things I spend a lot of time thinking about is to what extent uh, images, um, communications, one-off kind of things are reaching North Koreans in North Korea and to what extent they're influencing attitudes. Did you get a sense of... You know, I believe that these images are... Um, reaching a new audience, I think you know we've you've, you've had interviews with other uh, individuals about the Jang Madong mm. generation, mm. and you know there's compelling literature out there right now about uh, you know the new media making its way into Korea and its impact and, and reasons for hope, yeah. which is that we never want to lose that right. We always want to have hope. I think for me personally, working with the defector community and uh, also meeting with you know like North Korean contemporary artist Sung Byok that. Uh, that's when I understood that the indoctrination, the indoctrination that Barbara Demerick kind of was concerned that how how can an individual resist this type of indoctrination from childhood? How can they overcome it? Because you know, as a, as you know, in the West, we kind of scoff 
at some of these images, right? We, we kind of laugh at it. You know, weeping at the death of Kim Jong-il yeah. comes to mind, right? Like, mm-hmm. how, how can you weep for a dictator uh, who was so brutal? Uh, but, you know, nonetheless, these are, these are people weeping. You know, Song Byok meeting him and seeing his artwork. Yeah, he's sort of a... Uh you could call him a cartoonist, couldn't you? He's an artist in a in a pop cult, culture kind of medium, right? He's a contemporary artist. Contemporary artist. He's a contemporary artist. Yeah. Right. The images are kind of fanciful, very colorful, cartoon-y in yeah. a way. It is, but you know, there are also images that have a a modern quality to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am I'm not going to pretend to be an a, a expert in the arts, yeah. but he's his artwork encompassed a broad array of styles and i think you know it was very effective in conveying kind of some of the the feelings and 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 real uh profound levels of horror he experienced when he was living in north korea yeah it's very to see uh a north korean uh artistic community and commentary and editorial cartoonism sort of taking off is very exciting it's funny the things that get noticed in images you know the the central news up there in north korea blurring out buildings and mm-hmm. video screens mm-hmm. because that's going to convey some kind of meta message you know right remember that no I, yeah i know exactly what you're talking yeah. about so uh i don't think it's the things that necessarily we in the west are attuned to but they're being noticed and picked up whether it's something as simple as a drama or uh just street scenes right. of south korea i don't i think one thing i don't think we should miss out on is is religion Right, I yeah. think that there has been a um, you know there, good and bad. There have been pastors who are making uh, a mm-hmm. lot of sacrifices, trying to reach out to. There's no doubt that they're on the front lines. Right, I mean, they are the ones uh, moving, making first moves. Right, in in the North Korean space, religion for you, you you just described your uh, kind of involvement in the North Korea issue as providence. I knowing you a bit, <laughs> I know you don't say these things lightly. <laughs> no, I don't. Um, just in a nutshell, your. Uh, Religion is, you're not a Sunday morning Christian. Uh, yeah. you're, you, this is a central kind of holistic life philosophy for you. It is. And it's become more so since marriage, mm. I think. And I think um, I'm grateful. I'm not supposed to use that word, but I'm thankful to, uh, you know. What's wrong with grateful? Grateful, you know, I think it, it, it denies a bit of agency to some degree. Okay. So I think thankful there's a bit more uh, agency uh, attached to that word. I, I'm thankful to the institution of marriage for kind of helping me develop. But I'm, I'm also, you know, faith and religion, uh, something that was kind of a part of me ever since I was a, a young kid. It was my mom was a choir singer. Okay. And she would have us sit in the front row and yeah. her voice would just boom in that church. And, you know, but... I had not read uh, the Bible in its entirety. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I had not um, lived a life for some time that was, I guess, uh, what we call Christian. Yeah. Right? I walked away from the church for a bit. But I think, you know, in the past couple of years, you know, Korea has given me a space to um, develop yeah. and explore that faith. And I'm, you know, I, I will say I, I have thanks to um, you know, my wife and my family and, and the pastors, Pastor Lee and Pastor Deborah, these two wonderful pastors, Pastor Richard Crocker. I have, I have these wonderful ministers who, for whatever reason, they stay connected to me mm. and uh, they take time listening to me. And I think what I'm trying to do more in my life is try to listen mm. to people. I'm a big talker, and and the, the art of listening, you do it really well, Kurt. Like the art of listening. <laughs> I just don't know what to say yeah. most of the time. Well, it's, it's yeah. you know, it's, you know, listen to people and try to, you know, and pray about 
uh, in your daily life, having prayer in your daily life is, is, is something mm-hmm. that's new to me in some ways. And I, um, I'm thankful to the people in my life, but I'm also I'm grateful to God. That would be an excellent future graphic now, because in your present one that you've just uh, begun to release, there's little hints of it. You're, you're dialoguing with a supreme power, but uh, it'd be interesting to sort of unpack the process through which you kind of engaged with faith over the last year or so, and specifically how Korea, you said Korea provided the space for that, yeah. how it opened it up. That would be fodder for a good graphic novel. What do you think? I think so. <laughs> Any immediate plans? Is this thing that you're releasing in chapters? It's going to be in volumes, like, uh, you know, music CDs back in the day. Yeah. And um, just, you know, please check out the website. I'd love to hear what you think. Connect with us. Um, there'll be more to come in the future. And I think what you just spoke about uh, is is the direction we're going to be heading. Yeah, because this is basically uh, sort of the rolling autobiography of uh, Gregory Pence, his trials and tribulations in graphic form uh, and in perfect comic book grammar. Gregory Pence, soul-based American cartoonist whose work spans politics and autobiography and all kinds of topics. You can find him at uh, soundstagecomics.com. Gregory, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you so much, Kurt. And that is going to do it for Koreascape today. We are produced by Oh Jang Sop with associate production from Jamie Lee. Writing is done by Nikki Kim and I'm Kurt Asian. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter. The handle is Koreascape. We're going to have Dive In Korea, the hot topics on social media tomorrow morning. And if you're here in Seoul, this, that, and Amy is up next. We'll talk to you tomorrow.